victory when he died at Calvary and shed his precious blood. He wants us to live an overcoming life. Praise the Lord. This is Jerry McGee, Abiding Life Ministries, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. As I've shared before, we're on the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, tonight I'll be uh, sharing on whose spirit is being expressed through you or manifested through you. You know, we either let the the Lord Jesus Christ speak through us or something else is speaking through us. In fact, we can be a mouthpiece for the Lord or we can be a mouthpiece for the devil, depending on whose spirit we're yielding to. Job asked his accusers, let me pray first. Father, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And uh, we pray, Father, that you will pour your spirit out upon each person, that your life will flow from me to each person who hears this message. Father, I pray for revelation knowledge. I pray the eyes of every heart be enlightened. Lord, I pray that each person will know what is the hope of their calling, that they'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness. Father, I pray that my words will be like goads, like well-driven nails, Lord, given by you, the shepherd. Lord, I just thank you and praise you. I just bind any spirit that would twist words in people's ears. I pray, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit that I'll be able to say uh, more than a human could say because of your Holy Spirit and that people will have anointed ears to hear. Thank you for your anointing that abides in me. I ask, Lord, that it be released out to your children. I pray that your kingdom will come down upon each person, Lord, and I pray that each person who hears this message will be set free, uh, will, will receive revelation knowledge, and I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, Wicked spirits in heavenly places, I bind you in the heavenly places. And on this earth, I forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us or anyone that's listening in against Dorothy or her family or me and my family or the people that are associated with uh, this ministry in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the truth that sets people free. Father, I pray that you give us understanding that we might live in Jesus' name. You know, Job asked his accusers this question. And, this, you know, these uh, friends of Job kept giving him counsel, and so he asked them this question. To whom you have uttered words and whose spirit is being expressed through you? Uh, before that, he said this in Job 26.1. Then Job re- responded, what a help you are to the weak. How you have saved the man without strength. What counsel you have given to one without wisdom. What helpful insight do you have abundantly provided? To whom have you uttered words and to whose spirit is being expressed through you? 
And that's something that we need to ask ourselves. You know, when we're dead to ourselves, the life of Jesus will come through. If I'm alive to myself, then I'm manifesting the character and nature of Satan. And the scripture says that Leviathan, who's a type of Satan, is king over all the sons of pride. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And so how do you let Jesus be lifted up? We let Jesus be lifted up when we put ourselves down. And I'm not talking about criticizing ourselves. I'm talking about choosing his way over my way, his attitudes over my attitudes, his plan over my plan. And uh, the mystery of the gospel is Christ in us. You know, when you receive Jesus as Savior, um, the Holy Spirit came to reside in you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And for us to lift up Jesus, we have to let Jesus out of us by dying to ourselves, by letting go of our life. Colossians 1.26 says that is the mystery which has been hidden from the ages past and past generations and has now been manifested to his saints. Uh, Romans 16.26 says, but now is manifested and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the eternal God has been made known to the nations leading to the obedience of faith that the life of Christ also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe it starts with 4 or uh, verse uh, chapter 4, I mean, verse 4, verse 8, I think, uh, or chapter 4, verse 8, it says, after Paul talked about being shipwrecked and beaten and all this stuff, he says, always caring about in my body, the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be manifested in my mortal body. And that word manifested in the Greek means to be made actual, to be made visible, uh, to be able to see the manifested presence of God. Uh, A man who mentored me for many years said, Jesus wants to walk around in your body and act like who he is. And if I'm acting like who I am after my flesh, then uh, I really am, I really am, um, what is the word? I'm really uh, suppressing the Jesus in me. And Christ wants to live his life through you. First John 4, 9 says, by the, by the love of God, by this, the love of God was manifested in us, that's Christ in us, that God has sent his only begotten son to the world that we might live through him, and that means that he might live through us. Uh, I heard a man say this the other day. Um, in fact, it was a it was a, a story by the late by the late uh, John G. Lake, and he told a story of a man who came with crutches, and um, the man said, "I don't believe in God. I don't believe in miracles. I'm a this. I'm a that." And John G. Lake didn't even pray for him. He just prayed to himself and said, "Lord." I ask you to let your life in me flow out to this man. And the man was instantly healed. And the man threw down his crutches, and he went out started out the door. And John G. Lake said, do you want these? He handed him his crutches. And he said, oh, no, he said something. He didn't want them. But anyway, God wants us to live our life so that the life of Christ in us will flow out and love others. That will flow out to other people for healing and for deliverance. Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30 says, and you've heard this scripture over and over. It's one I use all the time. Where Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul. So when we uh, are weary and heavy laden, we're to come under the yoke of Jesus, which is to come under his control, and it's because he, he also teaches us when we do that, because he's the teacher. Come unto me, all you labor heavy laden, and learn from me, he says, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. So you know you don't have on the yoke of Jesus if your life is not um, characterized by a spirit of rest. We, we need to be resting uh, and living in rest. When we live in unrest, Deuteronomy 28 says we're under a curse. And so when you live a life of unrest, uh, not only is that going to end up making you sick and working destruction in you, but God wants you to live a life of peace and rest. Uh, he wants you to have rest for your soul. And this is a picture of coming under the control of Jesus. For me to come under his control, I have to humble myself. For me to wear the yoke of Jesus, I have to humble myself by letting him take control of me and uh, because he's gentle and humble. And I can't be full of pride and humble at the same time. And so God wants me to humble myself. He wants us to be meek and lowly, and we have to be meek and lowly if we're going to wear his yoke. And to be meek and lowly is not a moment-by-moment moment, um, ch- choice. It is, is, I mean, it's not a one-time choice to be meek and lowly, uh, uh, even a one-time choice to let him uh, be in control because each day that we live, there's lots of stress in our life. And he's saying, come unto him because... He's gentle and humble, and we'll find rest for our soul. Uh, the other day I realized that uh, something came up with, uh, I had, my granddaughter had uh, texted me that she was going to be a little late, and I said, no problem. And she sent back this, uh, I got this text back, and it really wasn't from her, but I really believe it was from the Lord. I, I don't know how this happened. I don't know if it was a Facebook thing or what, but it occurred to me, and I said, no problem. And she sent back this, this thing came back that said, like, no problem. And so um, what, what God showed me is when I wear the yoke of Jesus and I let go of everything in my life that's stressing me, I don't have any problems. I only have problems when I want to, to carry the yoke myself. I only have problems when I want to carry the burden. And the good news is God wants to carry your burdens. He don't want you to carry them. He says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. And so I sent out a daily thought of encouragement that was, you know, I have no problems when I release and let go of my problems. I don't have them anymore. And uh, I try to send out these little daily thoughts of encouragement. I couldn't do it for a couple of years because of my eyes but God has so improved my eyes that I'm able to do it again it's difficult but I praise God that I can do it but if you want to receive the daily thoughts of encouragement just email me at uh, or better better yet just go onto my website which is jerrymcgee.com it's all lowercase g like george e r i m c g h e e dot com and you can sign up for daily thoughts of encouragement and i try to keep them short um 
because people are busy and they don't have time to read a lot of stuff. But the yoke of Jesus produces the character and nature of Jesus, which when I wear his yoke and I come under his control, then his life, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control comes through. It's his character and his nature, not mine. You know, you, you may think, you know, I have to love. I have to have joy. I have to do all this stuff. You can try and try and try, but that's not your character. Your character and nature is flesh, and so is mine. And so the only way that I can manifest his character is to die to me and to let go of my life. And so for me to wear the yoke of Jesus, I have to humble myself and come under his control by aligning myself with the word of God. That means to choose his way over my way, his attitudes over my attitudes, his plan over my plan, his uh, his uh, love over my love. Uh, it means that I have to uh, choose his word over my word, his will over my will. And, you know, when I do that sometimes, my flesh suffers because, for example, if the Bible says for me to forgive and I want to hold on to unforgiveness, then, uh, you know, I, I may not think it's fair. I may not think it's right. But when I when God says forgive, it's a choice, and I choose to do it. And when I do, my flesh suffers because my flesh don't like to forgive. My flesh don't like to – my flesh prefers anger. And so – uh, thank God that God's worked enough anger out of me that I don't, I'm not an angry person, so I'm thankful for that. He's taught me that my button pushers and my any discouragement or fear or button pushers or anger, I'm not to allow those things in my life, and neither are you, because those are the works of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such, the Bible says, there is no law. And when I have, when I'm dead to me, I can say no problem. It is no problem. Uh, other words, the other words for denying yourself, and there's more than I'm just given, but I'm just giving some Bible, biblical examples of what it means to de- deny yourself. Uh, the first one is found in John 12, where it says, uh, if you hold on to your life, you lose it, but you let go of your life and you'll find it. So we have to let go of our life. Um, And then it goes on to say, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And so that's a picture of us dying to ourself or dying to our life. (laughs) Years ago, I read a book by Watchman Nee, and he really explained that scripture. He said, you know, you can plant corn, uh, a grain of corn in the ground, and the moisture in the soil, if you put that one seed in the soil, The moisture in that soil corrodes the outward shell of that corn kernel, and then the life springs forth to a a big old corn plant that has bunches of ears of corn with hundreds of kernels of corn. So in this parable, he's really telling us that we are representative of the wheat, and when we die to our life, then our life produces much fruit. John 15 says when we don't produce... um, When we don't bear fruit, he cuts us off. And the only way we can bear fruit is to die to our life because God won't accept anything that we do that's of the flesh. It has to be of him. And so when we humble ourselves, it means to depress myself and come to God like a beggar. 
versus being the Pharisee that said, oh, God, I thank you that I'm not like that publican over there. He wants us to have um, a heart of a publican where we can just, uh, the publican was felt so sinful that uh, he couldn't even lift his eyes to heaven. Thank God he wants to work this pride out of us, this Pharisee spirit. Another word for dying to yourself is to present your body to God, according to Romans 12, 1, as a living sacrifice. It goes on in verse 2 to say, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might pr- you might prove what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Another word for denying yourself and um, and taking up your cross is to put the put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. In other words, if Jesus isn't ruling my life, my life is ruled by the flesh. Romans thirteen fourteen says, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. But now you also put put off all these things, like put off anger and wrath and malice. In other words, I'm choosing against these things. Blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with its deeds, his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is in renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Another um, another example of denying yourself is to reckon yourself dead. Now, to reckon is an accounting term, uh, an accounting term. You know, the Bible says that we died when Christ died, so we have to reckon ourselves dead. Colossians 2.20 says, For I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Another word for it is to suffer in the flesh. And as I gave an example of, If I'm wanting to be angry and I want to hold on to unforgiveness, when I choose against that, my flesh suffers. 1 Peter 4, 1, since Christ suffered in the flesh, so you also suffer in the suffering in the flesh, sin loses its power. Philippians 3, 10 says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Another word for denying yourself is to walk in the spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, but I say walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh or the desires of the flesh. Romans 3.21 says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested being witnessed, witnessed by the law of the prophets. 2 Corinthians 4, 10, and 11, and I already uh, quoted this verse, but I'll quote it again. It says, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. And it goes on to say, for um, when death works in me, life works in you. And when, if, in other words, when I'm teaching, if I'm teaching under in a, out of the flesh, and there's life in me, then I produce death in you. 
And so for we, it goes on to say, for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. Another word for denying yourself is, um, well, I've already shared that, to put off the old man, put on the new. And when I fail to do this, I'm allowing Leviathan, which is the type of Satan, to rule my body. And I'm manifesting his character and nature, which is found in Galatians 5.19, which is just the opposite of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The deeds of the flesh are Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication. We know what adultery is. There's physical adultery. That's when a man or woman gets involved sexually with someone else. It's when we lust in our heart we've committed adultery. And also their spiritual adultery. When I receive Jesus as my Savior, uh, and then my heart goes after another lover, Jesus is going to be my bridegroom, and I commit spiritual adultery against him. And then fornication, that's when people are not married, they get into sexual sin. Uncleanness means to be physically or morally impure. Lasciviousness is lewdness, to be lewd or wanton. Lustful behavior Manifesting in sexual desire Idolatry We know that's to love anything more than we love Jesus Witchcraft Which means sorcery Pharmacia To administer drugs The use of medicine Drugs Spells Sorceries And also uh, It has to do with uh, Pharmacia And then hatred, we know that hatred is the opposite of love. Love is patient, hate is impatient. Love is kind, hate is unkind. Love is not jealous, hate is jealous. Love does not act unbecomingly, hate acts unbecomingly. Love does not take into account a wrong suffered, so hate would always hold a grudge. Uh, and then it goes on to say, um, love never fails, uh, there abideth faith, love, uh, and this is the greatest of all is love. So variance means strife, quarreling. Uh, emulations means jealousy and rivalry. Uh, wrath is anger. And I can say also frustration is a form of anger. Strife, which means uh, dispute, selfish ambition. Seditions, which means discontent. Rebellious disorder Heresies is false doctrines Sex, false religions Envyings, which means ill will associated with jealousy Murders, and we know that we can murder people When we're just angry at people We can murder them with our mouth physically or emotionally Drunkenness, there's a physical drunkenness And I can tell you food can make you drunk I don't know if you've been like me, but I've been. there's been times in my life, and thank God I don't do that anymore, but there's been times in my life I'd eat so much I'd actually be drunk. Drunkenness ties in with, with uh, uh, gluttony. Uh, there's a physical drunkenness and there's a spiritual drunkenness, and we see this spiritual drunkenness in the church today, in lots of churches here in America that uh, believe that this drunk being drunk in the spirit is uh, is revival it's uh it's a and they say it's a, it's the holy spirit i can tell you it's the unholy spirit if you do a word study in the word of god on drunk drunken sober alert 
you'll see that there's not one instance where they are saying God says that drunkenness is a good thing. In fact, if you're interested, you can go on my website and order a little book that I wrote called Drunkenness. Is this a blessing? Is it a blessing or a curse? And I can tell you it's a curse. The only scripture they use to support this doctrine of drunkenness is uh, when Peter, when the when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they at Pentecost and they thought they were drunk. They and Peter stood stands up and in his preaching he said, "These men are not drunk." Um, revelings, revelings means a boisterous merrymaking, maybe having a party spirit. And such like of which I tell you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is not a one-time sin. It's a habit, a custom, and a lifestyle. Job 41, speaking of Leviathan, who's the king of pride, who's, who's king over all the sons of pride, describing Leviathan in Job 4, uh, 41, it says, can you draw out Leviathan? with a fish hook or press down his nose with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? In other words, you can't capture him with physical weapons. You have to use spiritual weapons. Will he make uh, many supplications to you or will he speak to you soft words and, and you know that he's a tempter and he does tempt us. It says, will, will he make a covenant with you or will you take him as a servant forever? Will you lay your hand upon him like a bird? Or will you bind him for your maidens? Will the traders bargain over him? Will they divide him among the merchants? And they do this in satanic rituals or in witchcraft rituals. Divide Satan in pieces. In other words, everybody in the coven or in the uh, ritual gets a piece of Leviathan. Can you fill out his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him if you do it in the flesh. Remember the battle, you'll not do it again. And I don't know if you've been like me, you've been in a in a, in a, a, a controversy with a person with the spirit of Leviathan. I mean, you just absolutely can't win with physical weapons. Behold, your expectation is false. You'll be laid low at the sight of him. No one is so fierce that dares to arouse him. Who then is he that can stand before me and of course the scripture says only those with a clean hand and a pure heart can stand before God and God says who has given to me that I should repay him whatever is in the whole heaven is mine I will not keep silence concerning his limbs or his orderly or his mighty strength or his orderly frame who can strip off his outer armor who can come within his double mail in which that is a type of his scales who can open the doors of his face and who uh, and around his teeth there's terror and that word terror means the idol is the boogie bear you know if you have fear whatever you fear is an idol and if you fear when you have an idol you fear you won't get it and if you give it get it you you fear you'll lose it and so he's saying around his teeth is terror he makes everyone afraid the idols of Boogie Bear. His strong scales are his pride. Shut up as with a tight seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. And this can be one of the roots to lung problems is having a spirit of Leviathan working in you. 
They are joined to one another. They clasp each other and cannot be separated. His sneezes flash forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning torches. Sparks of fire leap forth. In other words, if you've ever been in a battle with a person that has a spirit of Leviathan, it's like fire comes out of his mouth. He burns you down with his mouth. Out of his nostrils, smoke goes forth as from a burning pot and burning uh, rushes. You know, I had a lady come up to me uh, at at a meeting, and I just taught on the spirit of Leviathan, and she said, I'm addicted to nose spray. I can't breathe without nose spray. And I asked her, I said, have you ever gotten mad and let fire come out of your mouth and smoke out of your nostrils? And her husband answered me before she did, and he shook his head yes. And I cast out, and the next day she came to the meeting, and she said, I'm totally set free from the spirit, uh, from uh, having been addicted to nose spray. So if you have a problem with this, possibly, you've got a spirit of Leviathan. His breath kindles coals, and a flame goes forth from his mouth, burns people down with their mouth. In his neck lodges strength, and dismay leaps before him. The folds of his flesh are joined together, firm on him and immovable. His heart is hard as a, as a stone, even as a hard as a lower millstone. So he has a hard heart. When he raises him up, the mighty fear, because of his crashing, they are bewildered. The sword that reaches him cannot avail nor the spear, nor the dart, nor the javelin. In other words, you can't fight him with a physical weapon. He regards iron as straw, bronze as as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned to stubble before him. Clubs are regarded as stubble, and he laughs at the rattling of the javelin. He, his underparts are like sharp potsherds. He spreads out like a threshing sledge in the mire. He makes the depths boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a jar of ornament. Behind him, he makes a wake to shine. And one would think the deep is gray-haired. He can make the, he can, a person with the spirit of life and can make, make hell look wise. Nothing on earth is like him, one made without fear. He's fearless. He looks on everything that's high, and he's king over all the sons of pride. So we can choose to let the the life of Jesus come through us, or we can choose the life of Leviathan to come through, this, this evil spirit of Leviathan, which is the type of Satan. So we can be conformed into the image of Christ, or we can be conformed into the image of, of the beast, and it's our choice. And we know we're being conformed to the image of Christ when we allow uh, God to use what we go through to uh, perfect us and to conform us into the image of Christ. We know we're re- we are receiving God's discipline when we're receiving God's discipline. Hebrews 12 says that He disciplines every son whom He loves, and when He disciplines, that doesn't necessarily mean a spanking. It means He just wants to realign you with the Word of God. And of course, if you don't listen, then you can get a spanking. Uh, we know that um, we're not overcoming and being conformed into the image of Christ um, when we respond out of the flesh instead of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, you know you have an issue if you want to respond in anger or bitterness or impatience versus out of the Holy Spirit. You, you know that when you live no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So you know that you are overcoming whenever you live for the will of God and not the will of men. Not that you shouldn't submit to authority, but God doesn't want us to be controlled. When we live no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So you know you're being conformed in the image of Christ. When you're living for the will of God and not for the lust of men. First Peter 4, 2 says, So as to live the rest of your life in the, fle- in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So we should be living for the will of God. You know you're being conformed to the image of Christ when you can let go of your life. And when we... We know we can be conformed into the image of the beast when we become, we're a person that's getting more bitter than better. God wants us to get better through everything we go through. So we, we've got to overcome the things in our life that are, that are abominable to God. We have to overcome the fear, the anger, the depression, the discouragement, the hurt, the unforgiveness. All these things are not to be allowed in the life of a believer. And, and, and of course, we're all a work in progress. And it's a it's a uh, a lifestyle of aligning yourself with the Word of God, and thank God for deliverance. I'm going to have to plug in my um, computer for some reason here. Hold on, just a second. I got a thing saying low battery. Praise God. Anyway, I apologize. I had it plugged in in one end, but not the other. And so we know that we're being conformed into the image of the beast because we're becoming bitter instead of better. We know that we're being conformed in the image of the beast when we're being controlled by other people's demons. God doesn't want you to be controlled. He wants you to submit to authority as unto the Lord, but praise God, we don't have to submit to demons. You know that you are being conformed in the image of the beast when you're exchanging the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of, of uh, an image in form of the beast. Or in um, first, first, um, in, I'm sorry, in Romans one twenty three. It says, and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling uh, crawling creatures. Psalms 106 verse 20 says that they exchanged their glory for an image in the form of an ox that eats grass. And so when we do that, we are being conformed in the image of Christ instead of being, I'm sorry, being conformed in the image of the beast 
instead of being conformed in the image of Christ. You know, when I go through a trial, I always ask God to show me what he's trying to teach me in that trial, and then I do according to what he says. And if it's something I don't want to do, I have to choose to die to my flesh just like you have to choose to do that, to choose God's way over my way. And I think, and I thank God that the older I get, the easier it gets because the more I see that my way has not produced anything good. And so you know you're being conformed to the image of the beast when you refuse God's discipline. Uh, you're a person that won't take accountability for your sin. When you go back to your old ways, you know you're going to be conformed into the image of the beast. I had someone a few days ago say, talking about repentance, and they said, but I keep going back. And I said, well, that's not repentance. Repentance is when you quit doing it. First Peter 1.14 says, as obedient children, don't be conformed to the former lust which you were yours in your, you know you're being conformed to the image of the beast when you continually join yourselves to a harlot. And a harlot can be a physical harlot. It can be a spiritual harlot. It means to fellowship with uh, those that are wanting to pull you down into sin. 1 Corinthians 6.16 says, or do, you know, do you not know that the one who joins himself to a harlot is one body with him? For he says the two will become one flesh. And so there it's telling you that light can't fellowship with darkness. I'm sure you've heard that scripture. You know, the sad thing I see in the, with believers is instead of, instead of uh, the darkness, agreeing with the light I see the light agreeing with the darkness and God doesn't God does not approve of that you know the only way that light and, it says that two can't walk together lest they agree so light and darkness can't walk together lest they agree well what I see happening instead of the darkness agreeing with the light I see the light agreeing with the darkness to compromise and God's not happy with po- compromise and, you know, there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that finds it. So God's not happy with compromise. You know, you're being conformed in the image of the beast when your lifestyle is not manifesting the fruit of the spirit, the character and nature of Jesus. You know you're being conformed to the image of the beast when you become like your idols. The scripture says in Psalms 135, those who make idols become like them. When you live after the flesh, the scripture says if you live after the flesh, you'll die. And that's in Romans 8. It goes on to say sons of God are led by the spirit of God. For we have not received a yoke of slavery leading to fear again, but we've received a spirit whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. You know you're being conformed to the image of the beast. If your life is not producing rest, you're living in a state of unrest, tells me that you have the wrong yoke on your neck. You know you're, you are being conformed to the image of the beast when you stay wounded and uh, tormented and angry and hurt. And you don't deal with, and you're not dealing with your anger, your bitterness, your hurt. You know you're being conformed to the image of the beast when you live... Uh, in anger and unforgiveness. Matthew 18 says, if you don't forgive, you're turned over to the tormentors. Matthew 5 says, when you 
uh, when you're angry with someone, you got till sundown to deal with it. And if you don't, you go into a spiritual prison in every area that you are angry towards someone. I'm thankful that when I got I got saved uh, in 19, um, probably 1963, I got saved. And I got saved when I wasn't even a church member. I got saved reading the Bible. And when I got to the scripture that uh, it says, if you let the sun go down in your anger, you give a foot all to the devil. I had a fear of God in me from then on of ever letting the sun go down on my anger. If I was aware of being angry, I never let the sun go down on it. Proverbs 29 verse 22 says, An angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered man abounds in transgressions. Proverbs 19:19 19, 19 says, An angry man shall bear the penalty, for if you rescue him, you'll only have to do it again. And that's really a picture of being an angry person. People try to appease an angry person, and what it's saying is, if you if you bail him out, he's just gonna you're gonna have to jump higher next time because uh, you'll just have to do it again and again. And so God doesn't want us to give in to the anger of somebody else, or He doesn't want us to fear man. So we have to choose whose spirit we want to work in us. It's a daily choice, minute by minute. We have to choose: do we want Jesus to be expressed to us, or do we want something else? And so Christ in us is the hope of glory, and we can choose. And we can choose the yoke of Jesus that brings rest to our soul, or we can choose a yoke of bondage. And every fleshly thing that you and I do will be burned up. The only works that God approves of is when we do them in a, by reckoning ourselves dead. Then it's the life of Jesus in us that flows out and does the work, flows out to heal, flows out to deliver, um, flows out to love And so if you can receive that um, I will lead you in a prayer To repent And then I'll pray deliverance over you So Father if, Just agree with me in prayer Father I come to you in the name of Jesus Forgive me for living after the flesh Forgive me for allowing Satan to rule me Forgive me for letting Leviathan Loose in me God I ask you to forgive me I present my body to you Lord As a living sacrifice I choose to suffer in the flesh So that sin loses power over me Forgive me for all the times I've let Satan express himself through me Forgive me for being like Job's friends to people Thank you that Christ in me Is the hope of glory And thank you Lord that you want me to live In a state of being dead to myself So that you might manifest your life through me God forgive me for not walking uh, in the spirit Not forgive me for not letting you live your life through me Lord I, I labor and I'm heavy laden And I come to you And I come under your yoke I come under your control Lord Forgive me for wanting to control my own life and forgive me for wanting to control the lives of others. Forgive me for not being meek and lowly. I humble myself now, Lord. I submit my neck to your to you. Forgive me for self-inflicted yokes. Forgive me for wearing the yokes of others. I take your yoke upon me, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Thank you that when I wear your yoke, I am gentle and humble. Lord, I choose to let go of my life that I might find it. I choose to give up my way, my plans, my attitudes, my word for your word. I humble myself, Lord, like a beggar, I come to you. I present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice, and I thank you that I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind and will prove what is good and acceptable Mm -hmm. and perfect. Lord, I choose to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh. Lord, I I ask you to forgive me for anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications. I put that off. Forgive me for lying. I put off the old man and his deeds. And, Lord, I put on the new man, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that, after your image, Lord. I choose to reckon myself dead. I choose to, Lord, I don't like to suffer, but I choose to suffer my flesh so that sin will lose its power over me, that I might know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. Forgive me for not walking in the spirit that I might not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lord, forgive me for producing the deeds of the flesh. Forgive me for physical adultery and spiritual adultery. Forgive me for looking at men and women with lust in my heart. Forgive me for fornication, sex outside of marriage. Forgive me for uncleanness, physically and morally impure. Forgive me for lasciviousness, for being lewd and wanton and lusting. Uh, that's manifesting in sexual desire. Forgive me for idolatry, for loving anything more than I love you. Forgive me for witchcraft, sorcery, Mm -hmm. pharmacia. Lord, forgive me for drugs. Forgive me for depending on drugs, making them an idol in my life. Medicine, uh, drugs, spells, sorcery. Forgive me, Lord, for hatred, variance, strife. Quarreling, emulations, jealousy, rivalry. Forgive me for wrath, anger, bitterness, strife, disputes, selfish ambition, sedations, discontented, uh, being rebellious, not submitting to authority as unto the Lord. Forgive me for heresy, false doctrine, sex. Forgive me for envying, ill will associated with jealousy forgive me for murdering people with my mouth and physically murdering people forgive me for physical drunkenness and spiritual drunkenness and being a glutton and overeating forgive me for reveling boisterous merrymaking lord forgive me for practicing these things thank you that when i die to me your character nature is produced it's not anything else i have to do except submit to you Forgive me for burning people down with my mouth, making Satan king over me because of pride. I ask you to forgive me. 
having a spiritual a spirit of Leviathan working in me. Forgive me that out of my mouth has gone burning torches and smoke's gone out of my nostrils. <clears throat> Forgive me for making hell look wise. Forgive me for trying to fight Leviathan in the flesh. Forgive me for being high and mighty and haughty and arrogant. Lord, I make you the king over my life by humbling myself. Forgive me, Lord, for um, not allowing the suffering that I go through to conform me into your image. Forgive me for not going to you when I have a problem and finding out what you're trying to teach me. Forgive me for not receiving your discipline. Forgive me for not taking accountability. Forgive me for blame shifting. Forgive me for responding out of the flesh and not responding out of your Holy Spirit. Forgive me for living for the the lust of men instead of the will of God. Forgive me for not being conformed into the, the image of Christ. Forgive me for being conformed in the image of the beast. Forgive me for being bitter. Forgive me for letting the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me for being controlled by other people. Forgive me for fear of man that's brought a snare. Forgive me for depression, discouragement, despair, hopelessness. Forgive me for exchanging the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed creatures and animals. Forgive me for exchanging my glory for the image of an ox that eats grass, for idols. Forgive me for refusing your discipline. Forgive me for perfectionism, which would keep me from taking accountability for my sin. Forgive me for going back to my old ways. Forgive me for joining myself with a harlot, fellowshipping with darkness, and forgive me for... Agreeing with the darkness instead of instead of insisting that the the darkness agree with the light. <clears throat> Forgive me for evil companions. <clears throat> Forgive me for <clears throat> living a lifestyle of not manifesting the fruit of the spirit. Forgive me for making idols and becoming like them. Forgive me for living after the flesh and living in a state of unrest. God, forgive me for not dealing with my the sore places in my heart, the wounds, the button pushers. Forgive me for allowing anger and bitterness and resentment and fear and depression and discouragement in my life. Forgive me for living in anger and unforgiveness and all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me for stirring strife and being hot-tempered. Forgive me, Lord, for having great anger that's caused me to bear the penalty, which is demonization. Lord, I choose for your spirit to work through me. I choose to repent. I choose the yoke of Jesus. Forgive me for operating in the flesh, Lord. I choose you. I choose for your life to flow through me. In Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, Lord, I just forgive me for hurting people. I forgive every person that's hurt me in Jesus' name. 
And I command every demonic spirit to go now. Every spirit that came into the sins that they've confessed, I command you to leave now. I command you to move off of each person in the mighty name of Jesus. I command you to go now in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Take a deep breath and blow out because the word spirit means breath in Jesus' name. Lord, I just ask you, and if you're listening, praying with me, lift your hands to heaven and say, Lord, I receive your yoke that breaks off every other yoke. I yield my life to you. I surrender all, Lord, in the name of Jesus. If you need personal prayer, you can call me at uh, 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. And pray with me. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. If you need prayer, call into that number. I'll say it again, 646-595-4781 and press 1. And I'll just tell you a little bit about the ministry. I appreciate those of you who give to the ministry because even though we're not in the ministry for money, it helps us pay the bills, and do the things that we have to do to in order to minister. Abiding Life Ministries, you can write me at Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas, 75771. You can email me at Jerry McGee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E, at sbcglobal.net. You can go to my website, at jerrymcgee.com, all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. At my website, there's books that I encourage you to order, Clearing the Land, which is a book that uh, was printed in 1985. And you can actually get deliverance by going through that repentance book. It lists all the curses, the Bible curses. It, it, it shows you how to pray for certain things. And uh, I encourage you to order that. You can order it online. And uh, I'll be in Duncanville, Texas, this uh, August the 4th, 2018, at 10 o'clock from 10 to 12 p.m. And it'll be at the Hilton Garden Inn in uh, Duncanville, Texas. It's right at exit 462, which is the Main Street exit off of Interstate 20. Starts at 10 o'clock. We don't charge for the meetings. We pray for people afterwards. So if you're listening and in that area, we'd love to have you. There's no cost for being there. We do take up a love offering to help us pay for the hotel and and our expenses. But anyway, but we don't charge to come to the meeting. I'll be in uh, Lake Hamilton Bible Camp August the 30th through September the 2nd. And it's a great place to go. It's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. You can go online to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com and get information for the camp. But we're there every holiday. We have prayer teams that pray for people every morning from 6 o'clock sometimes to 9 or 10 o'clock. Our prayer teams pray. And we see people change people. There are people that come to all the camps after about, Six months, you don't, they don't even know themselves. Their whole countenance changes. It's a great place for deliverance. 
If you'd like a meeting schedule in your area, you can email me if I can help you or uh, encourage you. You can uh, email me. And there again, if you go to my website, you can sign up for the daily thoughts of encouragement that, that are short, but I think they, they what God gives me to send out, so I think that they would encourage you. And so if uh, if there's no one calling in, Dorothy, we'll just close the meeting. And, Lord, I just pray that every person who's listened in to today will have their life changed, Lord, that they'll no longer be the same. And I pray that for myself too, Lord. And thank you that you never leave us, fell us, or forsake us. Lord, I ask you to bless Dorothy. I ask you to bless her ministry, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, Lord, for each person that called in. I ask you, Lord, to move mightily upon the lives of every person who who listens to this message. Jerry, we do have a caller. Okay. Erica, 919, go ahead. Hi, yes, ma'am. Hello. Uh, this is, hello, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? How can we help you? Yes, sir. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, this is actually a woman. This okay. This is a mandolin character. Um, I just, um, I need deliverance. I, um, I okay. came out of homosexuality, and I had learned, I had heard your uh, son's story, and, um, you know, I am sorry to hear about that, but I'm thankful that he was saved before he passed. But, um, you know, I've listened to multiple of your messages, but um, I just, I mean, God's brought me a long way since I got saved, but I just can't, you know, I just can't, um, you know, I mean, like I still smoke cigarettes. Well, I smoke little cigars, um, and I guess that's probably the worst thing that I do. You know, I, of course, I mean, of course, I'm also addicted to caffeine, coffee, you know. And, uh, stuff I've been like addicted that, to I mean, all those things. <laughs> I've been and, addicted and I I also, to smoke. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, 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 <laughs> that's okay. I've been addicted to caffeine. I've been addicted to diet pills. Um, not been into the sexual thing, but uh, also uh, used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. And I tell you, God's delivered me from all those things. And he'll deliver you. Mm-hmm. He loves you so much. Yes, and I remember you talking about uh, in one of the messages I got from Lake Camp, um, whatever the camp, uh, you know, is the site that they give off the free messages. And it said that you were addicted to the, uh, I don't know if you called them speed pills, but they were like speed pills. And see, that was probably the second thing that I was addicted to after um, cigarettes because mm-hmm. I used to take, those uh they were called mini thins, you know, like mm-hmm. back in like eighty four, eighty six or something like that. And um mm-hmm. I found out, you know, over the course of the last like five years that that's the same ingredients that they used to make methamphetamine. And I was taking mm-hmm. them to the degree that I probably was high as if someone was on meth. And it did destroy my teeth done. just like just like the meth they call meth heads that have the meth mouth. I had that. Uh-huh. My teeth were destroyed because of that, even though I never did meth. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had, uh, I worked third shift most of my life, so I got into this habit of, of course, and I think, of course, the pills helped me with not eating. You know, I would wait until mm-hmm. the end of the day and then I would eat. And all that did was create a, like a vicious cycle where I don't know that I necessarily overeat, but, you know, it's possible because I only eat once a day. 
But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I eat and then I go to sleep on it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a big stomach, and, um, you know, I weigh like 239 pounds, even though I'm real short. And I used to be mm-hmm. anorexic, you know, when I was taking pills, you know. Uh, I got mm-hmm. run over by a truck in 1995 because I was drunk. Um, mm-hmm. I was in the truck. I stepped out of the truck. It snatched me under it, ran over my right leg. Thankfully, it um, healed, you know, where I can still Thank walk. God. But um, I have been diagnosed with depression, bipolar, anxiety. Even uh, I was surprised to find out that they put a borderline personality disorder, you know, and I have come to realize I've actually quit taking the pills back in, Um, Like last winter I can't really uh, tell you exactly when But I know last winter Like you know Whenever it was Well I think I I don't know if it was you But it was somebody that I heard say that When God heals He heals uh, His is curative And when a man uh, pretends to heal It's like Take these and come back in three weeks So basically they maintain you in a state of disease and they help you hang in there. That, so when I heard that, you know, I was like, well, you know, that was kind of like, you know, phenomenal or whatever they call it when you, like, get an epiphany or mm-hmm. something, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I finally quit taking them last winter. And, um, and of course, one of the medicines was Prozac and one of the medicines mm-hmm. was Vivant, which is sort of like a, like a um, Adderall or something. I think it's not mm-hmm. maybe not as strong or something, but it um, at the time I was taking it, it helped me uh, suppress my appetite. So since I quit taking it, I have gained weight. Plus, I I did have depression. I mean, I I, I mean I still have bouts of depression, but I was thinking, you know, like what if I'm not supposed to think that every second is is uh, everything is fine because you know depression is bound to be a you know a uh, emotion for God to, you know, uh, let me know that something is not right. That's <laughs> you know, right. I mean, Absolutely. I be happy every single second, every single day. You know, and well, it's, uh, uh, depression you know. is idolatry. You you look at your life and you look at your circumstances, and it don't match up with the image you have in your mind of wh- which is the idol of what life ought to be like, and you take a nosedive. I used to. <sighs> think I had to be petite to be acceptable and I'd look in the mirror and I'd see this big old Amazon and I'd take a nosedive and so depression is just really idolatry whatever depresses you is tied to an idol whatever kind of in other words we have images in our mind of what we think we have to look like be like uh, accomplish in life and if it's not what we think we just take a nosedive so you can be delivered from all of that but let me ask you a question are you still into homosexuality no ma'am, no ma'am. That's, oh, right. That was um, that was like, I mean, I was still in it uh, for a while. I got out of it, and I believe it was like 2010, because I was living with uh, a a girl named Catherine and her parents, because we didn't have uh-huh. anywhere to live. But um, and it just it was like I had got saved before that, but I didn't know to do any different, and I just kept going mm-hmm. back to the same thing. But while you know, it was like. I just kept, I mean, I was even trying to get high, I guess, to escape. You know, I like smoke weed, but it got to the point where yeah. uh, even when I would smoke weed, I couldn't think about anything but God, you know, and that I really didn't need to be in this uh, 
you know, homosexual relationship. I mean, now, when I was 18, I would have told you that I was born gay. Of course, Mm -hmm. I see now that that was the demon that that Satan Mm -hmm. placed in me. And, uh, you know, that it was, you know... Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I don't know what to say. No, no, I, I got to on the no, phone and it's right. like I'm trying to spit it all out and gone. Well, tell me, tell me about your relationship with your mother. Did you have a good relationship with your mother? <laughs> no, and I've thought about this too. I and mean, my mom was right beside me. But um, when I was, you know, growing up, I got I had the um, I had the idea that womanhood was. I just got a negative. Uh, you know, idea of what womanhood was because, you know, and it's not my mom's fault, you know, it's, you know, she did the best that she could. I realized that, but, you know, I thought. Did that you have if, a daddy? Did you have a daddy? Well, uh, I had a stepdad and, and I mean, at okay. the time I called him my dad, you know, but, um, but, you know, it just, you know, the way that she, she, I don't know, she tried to force me to wear real prissy clothes and I mm-hmm. was a tomboy, but I thought, that it was, you know, um, you know. Did your mother system. and then what, did your did your mother or daddy want a boy when you were when they were pregnant with you? Well, see, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that had anything to do with it. It's just that I I I was raised believing that that my real father may have raped my mother, you know, because uh-huh. I was told that that you know that he was a mean man and he got killed by uh you know some other man because he was you know, just being wicked or whatever, and I thought, that, and he used to beat my mom and stuff, so I think, I mean, part of it, I know I was, I thought I was raised by, I mean, I thought that my dad might have raped my mom and that I was a product of rape, every time I try to talk mm-hmm. to her about it, she, and she still refuses this day to talk to me about it, but over the course uh-huh. of time, I found out that uh, that wasn't even my real dad, my mom says she refuses to tell me who my real dad is, because she knows how I am, she said that I would uh, go and uh, disrupt his life, you know, and I'm thinking, well, gee, you think? Yeah. You know, but, yeah. you know, she doesn't well, realize because she, she's got her own issues, you know. But, right. you know, and I mean, I just look Did at, you have a good uh, relationship with your stepfather? Did you have a good relationship with your stepfather? Well, I think I did, you know. I think I did because, you know, he was like, I mean, he was practical, it's like if I didn't know how to do something, he would show me by doing it himself. As to where my mom, if I don't know how to do something, she just yells at me for not knowing how to do it, saying I should know how to do it, <laughs> you know. So, so you think, um, think probably in all the years that you were seeking the homosexual relationship, you were just looking for a relationship with your mom, or maybe you well, had a mother hole in your heart. Well, that's what I told my aunt for a woman. Yeah, when I was born, um, I, and of course, this, I only found this out, you know, like maybe in the last 10 years. My mom said that um, she was living with my her mother, my grandma, and that they didn't have running water. And I thought, well, that's insane for 1971. But so she had to go stay with my Aunt Ree, which was the oldest of all the siblings. And Aunt Ree took care of me, basically. Me and Ma, you know, were staying there, but Aunt Ree took care of me and told Ma to just rest. Well, then I think I bonded with Aunt Ree. Of course, you know, I'm not really close to Aunt Ree now, but, you know, I'm just saying how the cycle works. You know, when the mother has a child, you know, they're supposed to bond for so long, you know, and then um, and then when, ha- when 
we left there, we went to Grandma's house, and Ma swears that Grandma stole me from her. So then I bonded with Grandma, and I don't think I ever, I don't think me and my Ma ever bonded like that. I know we didn't bond no, like a mother's usually bond that, to her and child. That's probably, that was probably the root to the homosexual thing is because, you know, girls that don't have a relationship with their mother, they're looking for a mother, they're looking for a relationship with a woman. You know, the, to fill that void of not having one with the mother, or sometimes they're, um, or sometimes they're, your mother wasn't a nurturing mother for sure, and sometimes, and, and sometimes they just hate men. You know, if you in the womb, if you if it was true that you your daddy, your real dad raped your mother, and you grew up thinking that he was mean and men were mean, maybe there was a fear of being around men. I don't know. Is that true or does that apply? Well, I mean, um, I found out that that wasn't my real dad anyway, so uh, I couldn't have been a product right. of rape. But when she was pregnant, when she got pregnant with me, the man that's on my birth certificate was not even in the United States. He was in Vietnam, so somebody else was my father. And so obviously she was mm-hmm. committing adultery on, you know, C.P. Lancaster, who's on my birth certificate. So, right. But I, everything else rings true, and I understand exactly what you're saying. And um, well, my what, problem what is I want to get rid of it again, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know how to be a do you read the Bible? Um, I can't say that I really read the Bible. I listen to a lot of sermons. Well, you you, you need to read the Bible. You, can you read? Oh, yes, ma'am. I can read. Okay. 99%. I've been in deliverance for 35 years, and 99% of the deliverance I've had it's just by aligning myself with the Word of God. When I go through a trial, Lord, how did that get there? What are you trying to show me? Because everything you go through, there's a lesson in everything you go through. But um, what, when I read the Bible, I repent over the Word, and I get deliverance. Or like if I have a problem, um, I failed about a month ago, and so I was having a problem with uh, my walk. So I started looking up all the scriptures on walk, path, uh, and repenting over them. Got a lot of deliverance. So by just aligning your life with the Word of God and repenting over the Word of God, you'll get a lot of deliverance. I mean, that'll be most of your deliverance right there. And, and you have a? Do you have a Bible concordance? I do need to get a concordance. I uh, I got yeah, you need online, to get it. Yes, I think well, I need the one in the school book. Right. You know, I think I, I think but, I do better with a physical book. Yes, ma'am. Because I get distracted what, on the computer. What version of the Bible do you have? I have a King James Bible, but I'm okay. I'm not sure exactly what version it is. But um, my well, mom put my name. It doesn't matter if it's King, if it's King James it's, uh, or. Uh, I I, yeah, it, I read a lot out of the New New American Standard. You can get a concordance. And look up all the words, for example, if you've got problems with your legs, for example. Look up all the scriptures on legs and repent over them. And I've gone down, I mean, I've just gone down the list in the Bible, like if I have eye problems. And I've I've done that many, many times. Like if you have problems with your heart. What are the physical problems you have right now? Basically, I'm just, I'm overweight. I'm lazy. I, when I get on the computer... I don't really do anything else. I mean, my house is a wreck. 
I, um, you know, from where I was in depression, where I wouldn't even get out of the bed for like, right. you know, you know, and I got in that same rut of sleeping all day and staying up all night over the last right. month. And I know I gained like 39 pounds, but uh, I've changed that now because I know I got to make a change because I got to do something. Because I mean, I guess when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, you, you know, you do something to make a change. So. Uh, I've been getting up in the mornings now, like six o'clock, and that's good. But and I guess a lot of it might just be that I have to just walk it out, you know, like with the weight. Yeah, you, know, you, just... you know what? It's just the diet of your flesh. I mean, it's not. It's we all have to do it. It's like it by you getting up at six and you want to sleep. That's dying to your flesh because your flesh wants to stay in bed, right? Yes, yes. I'm very good at sleeping. So that's I a... can sleep. Yes, I can sleep twenty three hours straight. But see that okay. creates that vicious cycle where when I do after I wake up, then I can't go back to sleep for twenty three hours. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm trying to do something different because, and I think it's not good for uh, me and my mom to live next door to each other because we just don't help one another. I mean, it sounds like we're helping, but in the end, it's like we're enabling each other. You know, it, it's like have you ever heard of a? And I know you have a toxic relationship. And I mean, I don't like a toxic, you know, an unhealthy toxic relationship. Oh, I like toxic. Okay, yeah. You know, and I mean, I hate. I'm sure you got a lot of mother. Mm Mhm. You got a lot of mother issues. Hey, you know, one thing I encourage you to do is to, um, you can go on my website, or you can go to YouTube.com, or you can go to the archives of this thing and. And listen to the messages. You need a lot of deliverance, and that's not a criticism. We all do. But um, what what is the biggest problem in your life right now? There's so many. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm smoking. I still drink coffee, although I drink. Uh, I stopped drinking caffeine at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because I found that if I continue to drink it, I, that's one of the things that makes me want to stay up. So I quit drinking caffeine after three. You know, I drink coffee until uh, three, and then I still drink coffee. I just drink decaf coffee. But, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know which one is the biggest. I have this uh, thought that uh, I'm, I have an appointment with the housing authority in Smithfield to try to get into, you know, a lower-income house. And I thought about moving. Uh, no, but I'm on job? disability for the dis- no, ma'am. But I'm on disability for the depression, right? And uh, with all that stuff that you know, I told you, I don't even know if that's all that's listed. That's just what I know. Right. You know, but it's nothing physical. It's all mental. So it's got to be, you know, demons. <laughs> I mean, really. Well, demons are there because of sin. So when you confess your sin, the demons have to move off. So the first thing I would encourage you to do is make a make a sin list of everything you can think of going back all the way back to your childhood. Okay. And if you'll email if you'll email if you'll email me your address, I'll send you a clearing the land and I'll just give it to you and go through that. That would be a good start. Um, I don't know okay. exactly. Yeah, you, because you don't know all the things that are wrong, it's going to be a process of like peeling an onion with you, and it's it's that way yeah. with everybody. But but um, if you'll read the Bible every day and repent over the Word, 
the Bible now, actually reading the. Uh, what do you mean when you uh, say repent over the? What do you mean when you say repent well, over the word? Okay, okay. Like for example, say you're reading Proverbs chapter three that says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart; lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths." So when you, when I would read that, I'd say, "Lord, forgive me. I haven't trusted you with my whole heart. I've always leaned to my own understanding." I haven't acknowledged you in all my ways. You see what I'm saying? You just make it you make each verse. Because the Bible says if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so as you confess your sin, when you read the when you read the Bible, if there's if it says you need to do this, say, God, forgive me, I haven't done that. Okay. If it says do this, forgive me for not doing this. You see what I'm saying? And then break generational yes, curses. But if you'll, if you'll go on my website and listen to the free, if, do you have a computer? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I got three computers. Go, go, okay. When you go and get on my website and you uh, listen to all those CDs, they're free to listen to. And in every one, there's a deliverance prayers at the end. So when you listen and I'm going to pray for you, but there's so much, and that's not a criticism. There's so much. I don't know where to start, but God does. So, so I'm going to pray for right. you. But, but when you when you um, listen, when you listen to one of the messages, then and I'll say and I'll say now I'm going to lead you in repentance. Then turn off the turn it off and repent of whatever the Lord shows you. Then turn it back on and pray with me, and you can get delivered on every one of those CDs. Oh, that's awesome. That's what I need. Because, see, I was thinking I needed to go. You know, there's a guy that I listen to named Gary Price, and he's in Atlanta, but they have a, you know, like a conference, and they're having one in August, but it's in Florida. So I was on a mission to try to get me, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get a um, a lower, uh, you know, like an income-based apartment, because if I could get an income-based apartment, I could probably afford to buy a vehicle and pay insurance. I do have a scooter, but it's not practical to drive it to Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. And uh, I was well, thinking, let me tell you something. To... You could go. You could go to Florida, and there there might be one or two things you get delivered from. But it's a whole bunch of stuff that God's wanting you to deal with because, like you said, you don't even know it all. So if you'll get in the I Word of know. God and start repenting, start confessing your sins as you read the Word of God, I can do that, and within five minutes, tears are running. My nose is running clear water, and that's what it means to be washed with water in the Word. I mean, I've gotten delivered from so many things, and 99 and 9 tenths percent of my deliverance has just been through confessing my sins and lining myself with the Word of God. But you can spend right, all that money to go, it. and you might get one thing. You might get one layer of the onion, but you, you, everybody's got a bunch of layers to deal with. But because right. you have different these different addictions, was your mother addicted, or your your um, daddy, I don't your know stepfather addicted? My stepdad your stepfather was. was he, had, he he didn't drink or do drugs. He did smoke, and my mom does smoke, but. Um, you know, they didn't do drugs or anything like that. So I really don't know about my real father, but and my mom doesn't do drugs or anything like that. But she does smoke. Right. And uh, she drinks coffee. There's a lot of and there's generational curses and the depression. How long when did you start getting depressed or you've been depressed your whole life? No, I I, I I it's my theory that I got depressed after you know, when I got run over by the truck I was in a 
um, before I got run over by the truck, I mean, I could work, uh, I would work two and three jobs, and I would, you know, I could do all this stuff. Of course, I was using those uh, mini fins to help me do it all, but, you know, I didn't even know what heartburn was. But after the accident, you know, I guess when you have a traumatic brain injury like I had, plus, you know, the body, just whatever, you know, when you have a, you know, any kind of traumatic injury, uh, things for like a year, of course, after I recovered and got out of the leg cast, you know, they seemed to be all right for like a year and maybe a little longer, but then slowly but surely things started happening. Like, you know, my back started hurting, you know, I couldn't, um, you know, just little things, you know, that just, um, how did, how did you get run over? Was it your vehicle or someone ran over you? Well, this is what happened. I was in um, I was in Charleston, South Carolina, because me and my pri- previous you girlfriend said- had had both gotten DUIs, and we uh, had court. And it was the day of her court date, and she was like, "Let's just leave. Let's just leave." And I think I was like 23 or something, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. And we just got in my truck. I went to the pawn shop, pawn stuff. We went to Charleston. Well, we would get drunk. And we would fight each other. I mean, I was not a fighter, but after I got, like, the fourth black eye, I started fighting back. Of course, I never could suck a punch like that. But then uh, we lost. I think I counted. We got kicked out of 11 consecutive places in the course of whatever time we were, you know, in Charleston. But then one day uh, she wanted to come back to Goldsboro. I did not want to come back to Goldsboro. I didn't like Goldsboro when I lived here before, and I didn't want to come back. So um, she came back to Goldsboro. I stayed in Charleston. Uh, after she left, like two weeks later, I had two jobs. And um, not that I quit drinking, but I quit drinking as much, you know, and that kind of thing. I went to work when I was supposed to and, and all. But then it seems like it was like, I don't know, four or five months later, it was on the weekend of Valentine's Day the following year because of uh, the accident. I mean, um, she left, I think it was like uh, November of no, but. Oh, but how did you get run over? How did you get how did uh, you get run over? This is part of what I'm telling you. I, I'm telling you all this to tell you how I got run over. Uh, okay. When she came on um, val- the weekend of Valentine's Day, uh, she came back to visit me. And when she was supposed to come back to Goldsboro, she wanted me to ride with her because she wanted to come back to Charleston. So we were drunk. If we were together, we were drunk. I said, okay. We I got in the truck with them, and I think it was her boss slash bondsman, slash boyfriend or whatever that brought her or came back to get her. And um, I rode with them. Well, I don't remember anything about the accident, but they said that, you know, Mike McCall was driving, she was in the passenger seat, and I was in the back seat. They said that I was, well, we were sitting together. I was all of us up front. But then they said that me and her started arguing, and I got in the back seat. And then... They said the next thing they knew, the interior light came on, and when they looked back, I had stepped out of the truck. I don't remember any of it, but we were, like, on I-95 going, like, 60 miles an hour. So it was my fault because I was drunk, you know, but I don't really remember any of it. But that's how I got run over by the truck. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'm going to – the main deliverance you're going to get is just going going online, listening to those CDs, and praying the prayers – and repenting, and you'll get deliverance doing that, plus reading the Word of God, all the deliverance that I've gotten. And I've been a Christian 55 years, and I can tell wow. you God's delivered me from anger. He's delivered me from fear, from hurt. I don't have any of those places, depression, discouragement, none of that's in my life. 
but it's been a process because I've been addicted to diet pills. I've been overweight. I mean, I've, I've smoked cigarettes. I mean, um, and so God's delivered me from lots of bondage, and it's been just by me repenting over the word of God. I've had very few people pray for me over the years. But you've got soul ties with all the women you've had sex with, all the men you've had sex with. That would be the first thing I'd have you listen to is the message on soul ties. Okay. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, ties, I'm glad you I was just going to say, what, is, what was the name of your website again? It's Jerry McGee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E dot com. I thought that's what it was, but when I tried to type it in, it wasn't coming up. Well, it has okay. to be all lowercase. Yeah, it came up now. I don't know what I did wrong the first time, but I did something wrong right, the first time. Right, but you can all of those. There's like ninety. There's like ninety nine CDs you can listen to, and they're all free. And you can I need uh, free audio. Uh, no. Yeah, you, and when you listen, when the message is over, then stop it and then repent and then turn it back on and pray pray the prayers with me, and you'll get deliverance. Did you get any deliverance when you prayed a while ago when I led you in repentance uh, from this message that I just taught? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't feel any different, but that doesn't mean right. that I didn't get delivered. No, but that's true. I don't know. I didn't see anything. You know, well, nothing happened. That's, it's the truth that sets you free. The scripture yes. says, if you abide in my word, which you got to get in God's word, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you know the truth, and the truth sets you free. I've had very few, very few people pray deliverance over me in 55 years, and I can tell you, God, every day I get delivered of something. And like when I could talk, I told you, I fell recently, and for about uh, it's been about six weeks ago, and I could barely, for about a week, I couldn't hardly walk. And then wow. even though I'm walking two miles a day and that's, I don't feel any pain anywhere, um, I have felt uh, maybe a, a, a few little bodily problems, and I've been just doing word studies and repenting. Just repent over the word. Confess your sins. You read a word, and if it says, because you committed a you know talks about adultery lord forgive me for committing adultery forgive me for committing spiritual adultery forgive me for fornication and then as yes, you I do that you're you. going to get I prayed, with you. I prayed with you through that whole prayer right before i called good. you oh good well i'm going to pray for you but you got a lot of soul ties with everybody you've sinned with people that you've got you know you've done things drunk and you don't remember what you did so one thing yeah. i say lord forgive me for all the times I've been drunk and everything I did while I was in a drunken state and break soul ties. But listen to the the teaching on soul ties. And and I'm not trying to put you off. There's just so many different strongholds and so many ways to go. you got to find the root, you know, the the spiritual root to how a lot of this stuff came in. So let me just pray with you now. Lord, And what you mind giving me your first name? You don't have to if you don't want to. Yes, ma'am, I don't mind. God knows. <laughs> it's Amanda. Okay, Lord, I just Amen. lift Amanda before your throne. And, God, I pray that my, your life in me will flow to Amanda right now. God, it's so many things that she she doesn't know and I don't know of what to get a handle on. But, God, I ask you right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will come upon her with your mighty power. I ask you to touch her body. 
I break the power of addictions over her in the name of Jesus. I break the power of homosexuality over her in the name of Jesus, even though she's not in the sin anymore. I break the demons of homosexuality. Uh, Amanda, agree with me. I forgive my mother for not being a nurturing mother. I forgive my mother for not being a nurturing mother. And I forgive my daddy that I didn't know him. I forgive my dad that I didn't know him. And, Lord, if he was addicted, I break that generational curse of addiction. Lord, if he was addicted, I break that generational curse of addiction. And I put it under the blood of Jesus. And I put it under the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, I break the yoke of bondage off her neck in the name of Jesus. I break every yoke of bondage off of Amanda. I break the power of depression. I command depression. Leave her now. I command laziness to go. I command addictions to cigarettes to go. I command the desire to suck and smoke. Lose her now. Amanda, agree with me. Lord, I forgive my mother for not breastfeeding me. Lord, I forgive my mother for not breastfeeding me. For not nurturing me. For not nurturing me. And, Lord, I ask you to come and nurture me. And, Lord, I ask you to come and nurture me. Lord, I ask you to put Amanda, pick Amanda up and put her on your hip. According to Isaiah, it says you will trottle her, lovingly bounce her up and down on your God's maternal knees. I ask you to come to her as El Shaddai. I ask you to heal every wound, all the sore places in her heart. Lord, she, Amanda, agree with me. Lord, I forgive myself for jumping out of the car drunk. Lord, I forgive myself for jumping out of the car drunk. I break soul ties. I break soul ties. With a man that was driving the truck and my girlfriend. The man that was driving the truck and Gina, <clears throat> Gina, my girlfriend. Call back my soul and human spirit from them. Call back my soul and human spirit from them. And send back their souls and human spirits back to them. Send back their souls and spirits back to them. He's changed their image. It's changed their image. For the image of Christ. For the image of Christ. Now, every spirit of trauma that came into her through that wreck that crippled all, and thank you, Lord, for letting her be able to walk. Uh, Every spirit that came into her through that that has caused her to be weakened where she can't work. Lord, I break the power of diet pills off of her addictions. I break the power of addictions to caffeine in the name of Jesus. I command every demonic spirit to leave. I command discouragement, depression, doubt, despair, hopelessness. Leave her now in the name of Jesus. I break the power of pharmacia over her. I break the power of drugs. I break the power of death. I break the power uh, in Jesus' name of hopelessness, despair. I break the power of every demon that tells her she's a hopeless case. I break the power of weight gain in Jesus' name. I break the power of gluttony over her. I break the power of sleep, tiredness, weariness, heaviness, fatigue. I command you to leave her now in Jesus' name. I break your power. Lord, let your kingdom come down upon Amanda. And, Lord, I ask you to bring down your kingdom upon her in the name of Jesus. Set her free, Lord. She has a desire to walk free. She has a desire to be free in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I just command all the lying spirits, every spirit that came in through homosexuality, leave her now in Jesus' name. All the spirits that came in through not having her daddy uh, train her up in the way she'd go, 
Go now in yeah. Jesus' name. Yeah. Praise yeah. you, Lord. Yeah. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Well, you start listening to those CDs and then email me, okay, where I'll know how you're doing. I can help you along. I sure do appreciate it. And you know what? And it's free. The thing about it is, I mean, you can go anywhere and all that. You might get one little thing. But the best deliverance you're going to get is to get in the Word and start Telling God you're sorry for all the things that you read that, that you haven't done or done. Awesome. That is great. And, and, in, fact, we've, in fact, we've done everything. If either us or our forefathers have committed every sin in the Bible. So I right. just take it every, I take every verse like it's a sin I need to repent of and just start confessing. And you and listen, you'll walk out of all of that. You'll walk out of the depression the Bible says, present your body to God as a living sacrifice, and you'll be transformed by the renewing yeah. of your mind. And so yeah. that's what, see, you need a renewed mind is why the depression. And I just break right. the power of the generational depression of her mother in the name of Jesus and her forefathers right. and her mother's depression when she was carrying her in the womb. I command it to leave her now in Jesus' name. Amen. But listen to soul ties first because you've got soul ties with the psychiatrists, the doctors, every person you've sinned with because through soul ties you get the addictions, the, the demons, the addictions, the sicknesses of every person that you've had a soul tie with. Okay. For example, if you're trying to break a cigarette habit and you've had sex with women that smoked, though that that same bad habit in other words to get rid of the cigarettes you've got to break all those soul ties ah. does, that, does that make sense yes ma'am but uh, don't let it overwhelm you yes ma'am and psychiatrists yeah, yeah, yeah. and doctors well you'll hear about it on the on the on the cd on breaking soul ties and then you'll know what i'm talking about okay well i do appreciate it and uh and I, I do um, ask you to pray for my mother because, um, you know, I know that the things that happened were not her fault and that she didn't intend them to be as they were. But, you know, mm-hmm. she's got issues too, you know, where she's, I think she's, uh, I think she's depressed myself, but she doesn't know how to admit it because she doesn't have any friends. And she doesn't, you know, I mean, she just doesn't do anything. Uh, I think she gets, but she was raised in a time where women didn't have a voice, you know. Um, I think she told me that she got spanked because she put on pants when she was young, you know, and it was, you know, women didn't wear pants back then. She was born in 1950. But, you know, she's just got this, like, I don't know if it's a religious spirit, like a superior, holier-than-thou spirit, but I sometimes I tell her that she's not the standard. Jesus Christ is the standard, you know, but that just, right. you know, it makes her mad, you know, because, you right. know, she wants everybody to do things like she does them, and if they don't, she's, she's fussing. But I try to tell right. her not... You know, nobody's going to do it like you do it, but you. I said, you know, but you're not the standard. Jesus Christ is the standard, you know. But like you said, you know, I know that me and her have our issues, and I just, I I know that we're not helping each other. You know, we're we're actually doing more harm than good because we're enabling our bad behaviors, you know. I mean, we, we do good when we haven't seen each other, and maybe for like three months. But then it reverts, like, right back to how it always has been, you know. Right. So, well, I that's probably where you 
judged her, you know, you probably have picked up her depression. She was probably depressed when you were growing up and maybe even when you were in the womb. I really don't know maybe about that. Thought, right. Yeah, well, she you know she was depressed you. growing up. Yeah, she doesn't tell she doesn't tell anybody her feelings. Every talking to her is like the only conversations we ever have is shallow. You know, she can't go beyond shallow. And I don't know if it's because she doesn't think other people will understand or if it's because I mean she she's really she you know, she's a private person. She doesn't want to tell anybody nothing. Nobody never knows how she feels at any given time. You know. Because well, she that's just doesn't what drew you about. that's what that's what drew you to women. I'm not having a relationship with Maybe, maybe so. I mean, I'm really not sure. Plus, you know, I did have bad experiences with men when I was young, you know. You know what I mean. Were you molested? I mean, when I was before all that. Were you molested as a child? Well, see, I don't really think it was molested because nobody came in and overpowered me. But what happened was when older men would, uh, you know, you know, be doing what they do, I wouldn't know to say no. <laughs> you know, I would get scared right. and I'd freeze. I would just be paralyzed. Right. Like, and I just like, okay, let whatever well you, was going to happen, happen. Okay, well, you you listen to the soul tie, the tape on soul ties, because you'll get a lot of deliverance. Okay. And you forgive all those people, the men that have touched you in an inappropriate way, which made you afraid of men. I mean, that you probably grew up with fear of man, you know, being afraid of men. Well, it was like I don't know. Maybe it probably was fear, and I just you know when you're young, you you um you know you're angry. I guess I was angry, but I would always mm-hmm. turn all my anger inward because I thought that I was supposed to know all the answers. And since I didn't, or if I couldn't do something, I would turn the anger inward instead of lashing and see, out like some people. Right. And, some people are homicidal. And, that, and that's a, that's a, that's the root of your depression because anger turns into depression. Well, that was what well, you listen to those, and then you email me, okay? Yes, ma'am. I sure appreciate you. Okay. God bless you, Amanda. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. God bless you, too. Yes. And I thank everyone for listening in. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you great peace.